What's up, you super sexy sluts? Another episode of the Gaming Memories Podcast, where I, your host, Kate Call, aka Roboclip, the blessed beatmaker, who have been commissioned by the gaming gods themselves, even Miyamoto, the father, Kojima, the son, and Carmack, the Holy Ghost, appeared to me in vision, commanding that I create the one true gaming podcast, and their only advice was just interview creative and interesting people about their favorite gaming memories growing up. So, that's what I'm going to do. And on this episode of the podcast, we have... Drum roll, please. Oh, wait. Uh, let's do the wipeout drum roll. Wipeout! Erin the Dawn Dukes. You know if anyone has Duke in their name, they ain't messing around. If someone names their dog Duke, yeah, you don't mess with that dog. That thing probably eats babies for fun. Uh, Aaron the Don Dukes, he is the, I don't remember what his actual title is, but the uh, responsibilities are he curates all the gaming content for the brand 137 p.m. And if you don't know what that brand is, like I didn't because I'm old, I'm out of touch. 137 is Gary V's news content brand. They uh, aggregate a bunch of content and create content around a bunch of different topics that normally aren't lumped together under a single brand banner. Most of these topics would be separated in their own brand, but 137, they do it all. Have a huge crew. Aaron is just one of many, but his job is to curate and create the content for all the gaming shit. So basically, it's his job to be knee deep in the gaming dead. Plus, the internet's for a Doom reference. Uh... He's in this shit all day long. He knows what he's talking about. And he comes from a much y- younger generation than I do. So it was very interesting to talk to him about his favorite gaming memories growing up and just about how he views current gaming, where the industry's going, because he is just a much younger, more... He's a younger, just his fingers closer to the pulse on what's going down, on what the mar- what the markets, what the up-and-coming gamers are into. I'm a dinosaur, so I found the whole conversation very interesting. As always, I'll put all the applicable links to Aaron and his shit in the podcast description and as always follow him give him a like give him a shout out give him some love online and don't forget boys and girls share the good news of the gaming memories gospel and ye shall be blessed i say these things in the name of miyamoto the father kojima the son and karmak the holy ghost amen and enjoy the show Sweet, dude. All right. Because I just barely learned about what 137 is and who you are through our mutual friend Omar, I'm assuming a lot of the listeners are going to have no idea what 137 is, which is weird because according to the old numbers from stalking you, like I mentioned before we started recording, it seems like you guys got something going on. And it also seems like you're one of like a whole crew. Like yes. so many people, I'm going through the Facebook and Instagram. I'm like, there's a lot of characters in this crew. It's a lot to dig into. So give us a give us an intro of what 137 is and how you got it involved. Got you. So 127 PM is basically a you know media publishing brand. Many listeners probably do know this person, Gary V. He's an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, wada wada wada. He started a brand. You may be asking, okay, why didn't he want to PM? Well, 
you know, one thing he doesn't do is overthink, right? The story I was told, he was at a dinner with a business partner. He was like, you know what? What are we going to name this brand? He looked at his watch and it was 1 to 7 p.m. So he was like, you know what? We're going to name the brand 1 to 7 p.m. And so our brand is basically just about building a passionate and curious community of creators, gamers, hustlers, distributors, just culture creators at large. So one way I got connected with the whole crew was playing video games at home in South Carolina, selling chicken eggs, starting an agriculture farm. I was playing games with the boys. I die. I'm the heavy carry. So I'm not about to watch them, you know, suck at a video game that I'm supposed to be carrying them through. I go on Twitter. It was looking for somebody to make video game content. And so I was like, you know what? I'm I'm down to do it. I play video games 24-7. And one of my goals last year was not to play video games for free. And so that's kind of how I got started with them. And what we are. So it started with just the Twitter exchange. Yeah, really. Where, where where was the brand at at that time of that exchange, and how long ago was this? That was so. This brand is actually super young, which is surprised a lot of people. It's two years old, and I I've been with the brand for a year, and so this is around February March last year before Corona. That so like the brand was smaller then. Like you know, our Twitter is probably at like twenty point something. We was probably at ten, thirteen on yeah ten k like on Twitter. No TikTok then, you know. Instagram, I'm thinking 100K, maybe? 150K, 170K on Instagram around that time. So yeah, he's been just growing and growing ever since. How involved is Gary V in the brand? Everything Gary V talks about is what our brand talks about, you know? That's how we... Uh, okay, so you kind of... Okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. You know? So ecosystem is built. Like, everything he believes in is kind of what we preach as a whole, too. But that answers one of my questions, which was like, you guys are a weird... I'm on the website, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and before we started talking, I'm like, this is an interesting intersection of content verticals because it's like part of it feels like oh this is like a hype beast lifestyle brand and then the next post will be like a meme culture thing and then rocket league and then music then crypto then sports and i was just like how did this come to be but that makes sense so it's whatever he talks about you build content around it basically and then we also just believe that we're in the age of digital the digital realm in the digital realm there is no limits there's no one niche and so what we cover is everything that we know is going to be hit. Video games, esports, that's popping right now. Many people didn't believe it was popping then, but we knew it was coming. So we started hitting on it. NFTs. We're dedicated to NFTs now because we, first of all, before NFTs, people were going crazy over Pokemon cards. That's something we was going heavy on. People, I think also what separates us from other brands is the fact that we actually do the shit that we cover. It's not like just because Gary talks about it, we cover it, but no context. It's like you have someone who's into that shit. Yeah, I got talking the, about it. Yeah, yeah. I cover video games. I got the Game Boy right here. If we're talking Pokemon cards, it's because we're collecting Pokemon cards. So yeah, it's definitely that. So it sounds like you're more into competitive and esports gaming. That seems to be your your focus. Yes, but I'm also still in love with like games like Mass Effect. So I'm like I'm trying Woo-hoo-hoo! to you know what I'm saying. So I am trying to find. Like, because I feel like esports is the new core of all the whole gaming. Like, mm-hmm. when people think of gaming, they're like, esports, you know, a lot of cats, they love the money side of everything. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. like, I love both. You know what I'm saying? I love video games just at large. And if you think about it, esports only takes up less one per- Esports is literally less than 1% of video game, like the whole video game uh, ecosystem. So, yeah, I'm trying to focus in on sports, esports, because it's going to grow. It's going to become bigger and bigger. So. Yeah. So are you the only one that covers video games at 137 or do you have other guys kind of in your crew? So now we're growing, yes. So now we're kind of having a little crew, you know, but when I first started, it was definitely just me, per se. Uh, but now we have like maybe two people, three people who can cover it. So what was that um, like? They, they, 
you had this Twitter exchange. You're like, we want you to do video game content. How did you decide where to start and what did you start doing first? I'm a person of learning. So I was just watching other people and just saying like, okay, they do this, that, and the third. How can I take that and make it into my own pot? Because, you know, I was in band and my instructor always talked about we're all our own pots. And to make a good sauce, you need to take like little seasons from here and here and make your own flavor. And so like, that's kind of how I, I did it. And also listening to Gary, like he's always been talking about making short pieces of content. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna do 137 seconds interviews. Why? Yeah. Because one, it's better to act, it's easier to ask somebody to come along for only 137 seconds than to get them on a, a full, maybe hour, 30 minute podcast. And it's like, you know, so just, I don't know. I'm just being a student at large, if anything, when it comes to my content. Sweet. There's one thing I noticed on your, on your YouTube that, speaking of short content, I was going through it. I'm like, looks like you're repurposing content or reusing content on different platforms, but you're putting it on YouTube. That like things that are filmed, they look like they were on a reel or a TikTok, but they're mm-hmm. working and they're really short. And mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because I have a really good friend who's been doing the YouTube thing for like 10 years. He's got a pretty big channel. And he, for a long time, felt like the algorithm didn't reward short, fast, daily content. And he's talked about how it's changed over time. Yeah. And then I'm looking at your channel. I'm like, yeah, it looks like it's fucking working. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. 100%. I think you got to think about it like this is one thing that's being talked about a lot is how people's intention span are shortening and they're like literally six seconds and somebody can pay attention to something or nine seconds. I don't really know what it is now, but it's like micro content is winning content because nobody wants to watch something. If they're not a diehard fan, they're not going to sit there and watch it if it's not valuable. And so what we do is, okay, we make a TikTok to tag was out before YouTube shorts. And what yeah. we're not going to do is overthink content just for YouTube shorts. We're going to say, no, it's the same concept, short video content. So we're going to take our TikToks that hit or don't hit, and we're going to put them on YouTube shorts. Because every platform is different, and there's different consumers on every platform. So Yeah. And I think it also depends on the person's mood. And so there are times when I want to sit down and dig into something. Right. And then there are times when I want to kind of just like casually see some stuff. Maybe I'm in mm-hmm. line at the bank or something versus yeah. late at night before bed. I want to get into a documentary. It's a totally different mindset. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you start covering immediately when you started working? Like what was the first, do you remember the first piece of content you made for 137? Yes. Yes. I think it was a Mario. Cause I think my first day was around February 18th. I was just fitting in. I was, we have a Twitch studio in our office. So I think my first week and our first two weeks was focusing on, setting that up so we can have guests come through the office and play video games with us. But the first thing I created, created was probably a Mario Day graphic for like our Instagram and Twitter socials. It was like happy Mario Day because like March 10th <laughs> is like Mario. And yeah, so yeah. I think that was like the first piece of content. Or it's probably the Nintendo Switch thing I did for TikTok. Where it was like Switch was trending on TikTok. It was like a little thing and they had me make a video and it, it popped off. So I was like, oh, snap. Uh, Did you have any prior experience creating content? I think this is going to be a good answer. I have never went to college. I never wanted to go to college. I was straight out out of high school when I got this job. That's the way. I mean, look, I have a fancy paper that says it has a college degree, and I think it's a worthless piece of shit. (laughs) So it's kind of like, I mean, cool. I spent five years of my life and so much money to get this piece of paper. And I guess it did help me 
in a handful of small situations, just like having that on a resume, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But was it worth the time and money I put into it? And had I put that same time and money into something else? I I don't. It's just hard to make the argument for a college degree right now. Um, It's just hard. I don't think I don't. Yeah, things are definitely changing. For my business, like I don't care what you've done. It's like, can you do the thing or not? Are you good at the Are you good at the thing or you're not? I don't care why you're good at the thing or how you got good at the thing. Just get if you're good at the thing, let's do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's what how what they took on me was I didn't even have a resume. I think the only resume I ever written was the one I had to do for my senior project. And even that, I think I copied off of somebody else's resume and just changed everything <laughs> into my own stuff. Just because I felt like I don't want to not manifest things that other people don't manifest into my life. Like, you know, for senior projects, they want you to say, what are you, what are you going? What college are you going to? It's like, I know I'm going to get a zero for this project, but I'd rather get a zero for this project than manifest this into my life when I know I don't want it. I know I don't want to go to college. I just know, like, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, like, yeah. What's the point of this? Um, it's like just wasted energy, and I just did not, I did not want to succumb to that. I knew what I wanted to get into, and I got into it. So you've been there for a year now. Now that you have a crew, are you guys like researching, planning out content, or is it like you're off the cuff, just making shit every day and just putting it out? Just quick question again. That's the meeting. You know, this was supposed to start thirty minutes ago. The meeting I just got out of was we're getting bigger now to where the point where. I think we're taking our time to plan content right now. Uh, we're usually rogue. We're, we're fast. Like, okay, you know, we used to focus on only Twitter and Instagram. Now TikTok's out. We're like, okay, bet. Let's focus on t- TikTok. And instead yeah. of us planning t- content for TikTok, we would do this. We don't overthink anything. We're just going to put it out. If it fucking bangs, we juice, them up, we juice it up. Like, we juice it. We keep doing that over and over and over yeah. until it doesn't work anymore. Uh, but now we're getting to the point where it's like, okay, let's plan content. Because we're so smart now. Like, we just got our hands in everything, and we know what we know. And so we're now at the point of planning content. But, but also, we're still rogue as fuck. Don't let that get, don't get it twisted. Like, if I'm going to go post something on our, my Twitter, our Twitter right now, just saying hi, I don't have to go to anybody to ask them, can I do it? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because have, if it hits, it hits. It hits, yeah. How many guys are working in tandem with, across all these social accounts? So we have a team. I think we're almost at 11, 15. Now, this okay. is a small, small team, but we're, like, powerful. So, we're like, you know, some people handle our, our website stories and stuff like that. Some people handle our socials, like our Instagram. They're dedicated our, to our Twitter. They're dedicated to our TikTok. We do pretty much everything. Everybody does everything. So, like, you know, people know me for our esports and game and stuff. But I make content for our TikTok. I run our 1-7GG Instagram account. I run... I still put stuff up on our t- Twitter. I still get articles up for our website. So everybody's actually just doing everything. Uh, Damn, you bit. know what I want? I have a request. Maybe you mm-hmm. guys can figure this out. Because as someone who's newly learning about this and hopping on and seeing so many different personalities, like on your website, if you guys had like a character select screen or some sort of like video game thing where it shows everybody, yeah. and then it like it has a filter and like this is all the content he's made. This is all the content. Mm-hmm. These are the characters. These are the individual team members. Just because I felt a little overwhelmed. Like, damn. Yeah. I got, there's just a lot of people on here. Like, I don't... But it didn't feel like a, there was a good place for me to start, to wrap my mm-hmm. head around. Like, let's say I didn't have a, the opportunity to talk to you and have you just easily lay it out for me. Yeah. That'd be cool. Because I was just like, 
Uh, do you guys I have agree. motion graphics? Like anyone that does like motion graphics and uh, video stuff, like special effects? So, we just heard a guy named Ben who's now going to start doing a lot of that fancy stuff for us because we're getting to this part where like a lot of people want to have sponsor some things or do you want to do an ad with us and stuff so yeah. it's like okay now we gotta bring in some more serious power a little bit to provide as much as we can and so yes now we do we're actually gonna revamp soon so what's your favorite gaming content creator personally that you're you're into right now or maybe group or style of content mm, myth i haven't watched i haven't watched myth a lot because i'm so busy creating but myth is probably like my favorite content creator uh i don't know i think he just gets it uh he's mature and he he's called he myth just, yeah myth tsm myth tsm myth let's check this out oh i've seen pictures of this dude okay yeah he's, he's semi-familiar cool. yeah. yeah what is he pretty uh cool. what's his specialty for those who don't uh, know um he's just a content creator for tsm he was when fortnite was popping like they had a esport for a esport team for fortnite it was him daquan hamless Camille's. He was their in-game leader. But now that Fortnite is not really as a, a big of an esports or they just don't team-based. Uh, he's just a content creator for TSM now. You know? Okay. It sounds like you're a little bit younger than I am. What year were you born? I was born in 2001. Holy, you're a baby. Yeah. You're I just turned baby. 20 this I just turned 20 this year in March. Damn. You're doing yeah. a lot better when I was t- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was 20, 20 to 30 was uh, just whatever. I think kids are... Some kids are smarter out of the gate. I was just a lost puppy for ten years. So props to you. Thank you. I think and I, I think what it was is I was just stubborn. Like my mom, my, I remember my stepdad used to tell me, "Yo, you're not gonna go anywhere playing video games. Go cut some grass." And I would be like, "Bro, how do you know?" Like I'm always against. I'm like always. I'm against advice that has not been tested. You know. And so I'm like, "How do you know?" Like you don't know. And so uh, I don't know. It's just cool. Uh, yeah the video game thing when i was growing up there definitely was like this this stigma of like there's no future in video gaming and i was born in 85 so quite a bit younger and when i was coming up it was like there were professional fps players but there wasn't the kind of money it was just a very niche niche thing quake definitely had some some stuff counter-strike got pretty big pretty quick um you could make money doing skins and selling counter-strike there was definitely like people making money, but the average person was unaware that people were making money in video games. Even now, it's starting to change. I think people are more aware now that there's ways to make money in video games. Yeah. But uh, it's it's still sort of, yeah, poo-pooed, I guess. I feel like it's even oversaturated now, but it's not even oversaturated, but it's like, I don't know. The esports and gaming industry is definitely booming. And I think what's happening is, Corona put a, a slowdown, if anything. Because mm. esports and gaming was going to come out the notch. I think a lot of people blame, think the success of gaming was because Corona made everybody stay at home and play video games, where it wasn't that. I think, if anything, if land events were happening right now, you would see sellout arenas, sellout events. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's interesting. So you're born in 2001, and you, were you, born in Saint, you said you were in St. Louis? South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Sam tonight. I was way off. South Carolina. <laughs> um, 2001. That would have been like GameCube, Xbox time. Was you? Ooh. So yes. you. Uh, I'm guessing your first console was an Xbox. No. It was Ooh. the place. That, it was. Honestly, it was the GameCube. If we're going to talk like handheld consoles. And then it was the PlayStation 2. Okay. PlayStation, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube. 
So yeah, I was like, what's the man? first video game you remember ever seeing? This shirt that you got on right now, Metroid. Metroid is my favorite game ever, ever. That's the like, which one? Uh, which one was it that you saw? Uh, Super, I think. Super I, it was, yeah, no, I think it was on my GameCube. I don't know what it was. I gotta buy it off of eBay because I want it and I want to play it again. But that was a game that I was playing at twenty four seven. It was just so fucking fun. Oh, you, uh, when you say you're pointing to your little handheld for people who can't see, oh, yeah, you, mean yeah, the, yeah. you mean the Game Boy? Is that a Game Boy Advance? Yeah. Yeah, this is a Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah. So that was probably maybe Metroid Fusion? Does that sound maybe. familiar? I guess. I'll have to look <sighs> it up after this. Yeah, say. yeah. I'm sh- there was like a remake. Let's see. GBA Metroids. I think there was like three Fusions. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, Met- I think it was this Fusion. one. And then there's Zero Mission, which was a little newer. Yeah, Metroid Fusion, I think the, the, the intro, she gets like infected by some other alien and it like fucks her suit up. It's yeah. badass. Like the, the intro cinematic is super dope. I'm buying all my old games I used to play as a kid and you're going to make me like on eBay right now. <laughs> I've had a lot of collectors on the podcast. There's a really like robust scene of collectors. Yeah. And the video game prices are going crazy too. Along with Pokemon cards, everything yeah. collector is going crazy. I bought the PlayStation 5 not because I wanted it, just because it's five years, ten years from now. Yeah. Like, this one, I feel like me buying it was a waste of money if I only had a console. But I don't have a PC, so I play on PC games. But anyway, like, five to ten years from now, I'm going to sell that by for a good buck. Maybe not sell it, pass it down. Because that's the start of something new. Like, What are you, you playing to... on PS5? Anything you like? Nah, there's not really that much stuff that's been coming out really for it. Uh, but I did play the new Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Miles like, Morales, yeah. That was a good good game. I like it because the controller is so adaptable. Uh, so it's like very cool. I think that's the future of gaming for sure. I did. I did play the. I played the tech demo at a friend's PS5 of the little robot. I think it's called like Astro's Playroom or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in like the the controller vibrates based on the type of service he's walking on. Yeah. And it freaked me out. Cause I, yeah. I had this, like, I thought rumble was just rumble. It either vibrates or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then I play this thing and he's walking on ice and it feels it like feels... ice on yeah. my hand. Like, what yes. the fuck is happening? Yes. This is sorcery. I, I know. I know. I, like, I was walking in the South playing that same thing too. Cause when I got done with Spider-Man, I played that and I was swimming in the water. I was like, bro, what? Like, I was doing something where it was making the water feel like it was on a, mostly on the left controller. And like it was oh, tilting yeah. and stuff. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And so, yeah. It's just, I think we're going to see a lot of cool things from PlayStation when it comes to that point of view. I haven't played this on the PS5, but I saw some Warzone. I think it was a video of you saying why Warzone sucks. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you played Warzone on the PS5? Yeah, no. PlayStation 5, no. no. Okay. Because I've read <laughs> back to the controller that like each gun... Because those the triggers have like force feedback. Yeah. That each gun feels like a different gun, has different recoil and different pressure. Yeah. Um, I would love to try that. I just can't get my hands on a PS5. They're just I gotta, so hard to I, get. Yeah, no, my friend sold his. No, he used he did it so he could buy a, a graphics card. That's a but decent I, trade, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta try that though. I haven't played Warzone on PlayStation Five. It's gonna be a big download for me now though. But I just barely got a new GPU, and it took me like seven months of trying to get one. The market, bro. It's crazy. It's crazy. So you played, you had a Game Boy Advance early on. That's actually pretty common. I should have thought about that. Sometimes I discount like the cultural impact of handhelds because when I was coming up, the handhelds were really expensive and not that good. Either Mm -hmm. you had their OG Game Boy, which was no color, 
or you had the Game Gear, which took like 47 batteries and lasted five minutes. Yeah, and so yeah. like handhelds were more of like, a, when I was coming up, they're kind of more like a novelty. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend a ton of time, but I forget like the Game Boy Advance, I think before the Switch, but before the DS was like the highest selling handheld in the world. Everybody I'm, had a Game Boy Advance. I, I'm glad you said that. I feel like people are still sleeping on handheld devices. Like, come on. It's, P1, shout out to PSP. Because I feel like PSP yes. was probably like ahead of his time. And people didn't even know it. Like, I remember GTA was on PSP before I think it was, like, on PlayStation or something like that. I don't know. But, like, I wonder if PSP came out now and Nintendo Switch came out now, which one would really rock the world? Like, because they're both just great devices. Dude, if Sony came out with the PSP 2 that could also dock to a TV. Right. Oh, my God. Because the PSP, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't have one until much later, and I got it because you could crack and play emulators and put everything Mm -hmm. on it. For, it was a great tool for that, but it has a very, very dedicated cult following online. There's certain models of PSPs that go for a lot of money on eBay, and people still yeah. use them and love them. There was like a second version of the PSP that used different cartridges or different Vita? discs. PSP the Vita. Vita. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Vita. I remember when that came out, too, because the crazy part is I had my Game Boy for a while. Like, this is my treasure until my brother broke it. Um, but, like, this is my treasure, and I was telling my mom I wanted a PSP because like you said, like the PSP was popping when it came out. Like it was fire. So I was like, yeah, it's time for me to get rid of the game where I want something cooler. I want the PSP. Never got it. But yeah, I really, I still fuck with the PSP even though I didn't really get one. I played with my cousins and I had friends who had it. I, I told my coworkers this. I almost stole somebody's PSP. I loved it so much. <laughs> like, I almost took that thing. Yeah, you know what? The only thing I've ever stolen in my life, I'm glad you brought that up, was a video game poster. It's when Final Fantasy VII was coming out. And it hadn't come out yet, and there was all this crazy marketing. The Final Fantasy moved to PlayStation Square, and Nintendo had a falling out. It's coming out on PlayStation. And there was a yeah. preview for it in a GamePro, and there was a, like a poster that you could pull out, like unfold it to a full-size poster. And I stole the poster out of the mm-hmm. magazine. And uh, I eventually felt bad and told my mom. And she made me go like tell the store. She made me go ah. tell the store owner <laughs> and give it back. And she did the right thing. But it's funny you brought that because it's like, yeah, yeah, the, the the allure when you're a kid, you can't get that video game shit that you really want. It's like, oh, yeah, I could just like... steal it. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I was just about to ask you, did you still have the poster? No, no, she made me like, give it back. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. I remember he made me, uh, he made me feel bad. He talked about like how stealing takes away from people's wages in in the store, and like he made me feel pretty fucking bad. I was like, shit, I'm not gonna do that again. Um, it was, they handled yeah. it right, but yeah, that Final Fantasy VII poster, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Did you play the remake? I, the remake they made? Yes, and I stopped about an hour and a half in, and I was pretty angry. Pretty angry. Yeah. I'm going to read, so the, with, yeah. with the remake interlude with the, the Yuffie DLC, when I get a PS5, I mm-hmm. will play the remake on the PS5. Um, I got over the reasons why I was pissed about the remake and i'm like willing to try it again but yeah. the nice thing I'm, I'm on a pc you can uh there's so many community mods for the original pc version of final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. they use uh like uh nvidia's i think it's called giga ai or something where it upscales stuff using ai so you can mod the original final fantasy 7 and swap out all the characters all the textures all the backgrounds all been up it's kind of like a quote remaster unofficial remaster so uh, I ended up, after getting angry at the remake, 
going back and playing the original with mods and like getting my fix that way. Yeah. Um, the remake was rough because it, it made me emotional. Like the opening, the opening se- sequence. I'm like, they yeah. did it. They fucking did it. Everything I want. And then all of a sudden it was like, you realize it's not a remake. It's like some weird kingdom hearts, alternate dimension remake. And I'm like, see Sephiroth came from a different timeline. He's trying to remake the timeline. And I'm like, Oh, they went like full wacko. I'm like, God damn it. I mean, by the way, I love Kingdom Hearts, but it was definitely uh, weird. Yeah. Some people love the whole kingdom. I liked kingdom hearts. I played one and two. Um, and then I fell off. And then I bought three launch day collector's edition steel book, made it about an hour and a half in, and it was just uh, couldn't do it. I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. I'll but yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I'm gonna do the remake. I'll try it with PS5. But I wanted to ask you more about. So you have anything else on? Mm-hmm. Was Metroid like was it love at first sight when you played it, or what was the first game where you were like, I'm a fucking gamer. This is my shit. Think about it like this: when I was in video games, I was young. 10, 12, you know, 13, I was more of the listen to mommy and daddy type beat, right? They told me to get off video games and video games wasn't going nowhere. I was like, okay, go to bed. Get to high school, you know, you, you know, teens know, you think where you're like grown now or that's what parents say, like, you think you're grown now. It's like, nah, I just, I like my opinions yeah. a little bit. And so, uh, I was like, I was just having, when I first got the job, I was like, damn, am I really a gamer? Am I really, am I really passionate about this? And it made me go back into my, my childhood days. I was like, damn, I am a gamer. I used to play Mortal Kombat Deception on PS2. Like, that was a joint. Tekken 4, that was a joint. I used to have, my, my auntie still has it. Mario, she has all the Mario, Super Mario's when he has, like, the tail, everything. On the cartridge, and it has, like, the two slots, and you can oh, yeah. put them in. Like, I used to, I had one of those. GameCube. With the Tony Hawk joints, uh, Def Jam, uh, NFL Street Ball, uh, Need for Speed, fucking what a Midnight Club. Like I was having everything. Like when I was young, because I was like, yo, this is cool. So I guess having this job makes me remember, like, yo, I was always a gamer at heart. Like Metroid wasn't even the first game I had on Game Boy. It was actually the game I have right now in the cartridge, Dragon Ball Z: The Legacy of Goku. Like they can't see it, but like I was playing games since since the womb. I don't know, it was weird. Which one, which one was the first game that you feel like you got truly obsessed with? Metroid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah. I played that, because there's so many, like, yeah. levels to it for me. And so I was like, yo, wait, what is this? I died. Like, <laughs> no! And so I was, I was definitely, like, in love with Metroid. I have to get it again, because that was the game I was playing 24-7. And Lord of the Rings, I think. Lord of, yes, Lord of the Rings on Game Boy. And and Metroid, 100%. Lord of the Rings on Game the Boy. There's a Lord of the Rings. Let me check this yeah. shit out. I don't think I'm aware. It has to be. It had Lord to be the that. Rings. And I'm assuming Game Boy Advance because that's what you had. Game Boy. Advance. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've never even heard of this. Let's check this shit out. Evolution of the Lord of the Rings games on Game Boy Advance. They have two towers. Oh, they got all of them. Return of the King. Shit, dude! Yeah. I didn't even know about these. Oh, they look like uh, this isometric Diablo-esque. Damn, dude, I didn't even know these existed. I might have to try this out. It's, uh, I was so in love with the game. This looks dope. For those of you who are listening, it, yeah, it looks like Diablo 2, except you're Aragorn. You have, like, even has, like, red potions, an inventory system that looks like the Diablo UI. This is cool. 
You have the blue and the red yeah. liquid containers, just like the mana. and Yeah, it's like obviously Diablo formula, but with the Lord of the Rings skin. This is sick. That, that reminds me, one of my favorite RTS games is a, a basically a reskin of Age of Empires 2. It's called Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. And they just took Age of Empires 2 and swapped all the assets out with Star Wars shit. And that's, this, this looks a little bit like, hey, we're going to take the Diablo thing, yeah. but we're going to do Lord of the Rings. This looks dope. Did you play all of them? Like all three? You remember? No. I, uh, no. I only played one of them. I don't remember, really. But like questions like this and stuff make me go back. But like, yo, no. It was Lord of the Rings. And, two Towers? And, and Metroid. Like, oh, no. It was Two Towers. For sure. Yes. Because when I look at the case, that's how I remember. It was definitely oh, yeah, Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. That's I was watching. Yeah, this looks cool. Is there a video, like, yeah. if you had to say, out of all the games you've played, when it comes to narrative or story, I know you brought up Mass Effect, which I cannot wait for Legendary Edition. Like, I'm going to be fucking, no, tell my wife, tell my kids, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm going through this whole trilogy, because that's, for me, one of my favorite, both world and lore and narratives. Um, yeah. For you, what, what, what same? Yes. Same? Now, we're best friends now. Same. Same that game and two. They two, don't get it. No, that game is underrated for me. Like I feel like people don't give that game enough love. Like, 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 come on. Like, if I could play a game forever, it would probably be Mass Effect. Like, it has its bugs or things people say negative about it, but it's like that's a game that I could probably unlock a lot of stories while just interacting more and more. Yeah, Mass Effect. Well, I so, remember the first time yeah, playing Mass Effect One, and they have this. It's uh, other games have this, but it's the first time it really stuck for me. Whereas you can go into a section of the menu it's called the codex and they have like everything about the game is explained like it's mm -hmm. like this big encyclopedia how the guns work how the shields work how the engines work how the faster life travel work all the shit about the races the yeah. gear different manufacturers these guys manufacture this type of weapon and you can go as deep yeah. as you want and i remember spending as much time reading about the world that they created and all the different races and the politics and the history of those races. And it made me feel like, fuck, I really am traveling amongst yeah. the stars. Like it was so awesome. So awesome. Deep. Yeah. You, you explaining that to me just made me realize that that game in Starcraft, like Starcraft is like strong esports right now, but like they kind of, yeah, the like, sci-fi setting know, a bit definitely similar, like in a different way. races. Uh, so the Starcraft yeah, lore has cool. all sort of, has like an expanded universe of comic yeah. books and books and you can get you can get really deep into the world of starcraft as well for sure yeah but i'm ready for the new mass effect the legendary oh that's nothing but going ebay and buy every single mass effect and and cd form like i even said this when i first got the job i think that's the first type of content i was creating on twitter was my hypothesis on the gaming industry i was like asking questions i already knew the answer to i was like do you think downloads would be more preferable when it comes to purchasing games in the future and just seeing what people thought and stuff. Like, even if they were like saying, nah, CDs are going to stick around. Like, nah. I didn't know this. Like, Apparently, CDs no. have a thing called CD rot and all CDs eventually will disintegrate. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I learned this from a, I've had a, like three or four collectors on the podcast and a lot of them have like the big PS1, PS2 collections. Mm -hmm. That's what I seem to focus on because that's my era of gaming. And uh, yeah, I've had two of them tell me it's, and I looked, I Googled it. There's a thing called CD rot. It, it's not all CDs. It depends, I guess, on what type of 
material or chemicals they used for the finish. But like a big portion of CDs were finished and the the, the top layer is some sort of material that over time because of exposure to oxygen and Mm -hmm. oxidizes. I I could be fucking this up, but there's some sort of something that happens on and CDs slowly rot. Most CDs slowly rot. I don't think it's the case with DVDs or Blu-rays. I think they made some improvements. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I asked him, so like, so most of these games you're collecting eventually are going to be worthless. He's like, yeah, it's just the nature of the beast. Like, there's nothing you can well, do about it. I mean, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, they can't see them, but I'm going to just keep collecting cartridges then. I got, yeah, apparently like an NES cartridge will work for a thousand years. Yeah, I got auto. Like they just, I got Pokemon Emerald, Pokemon Leaf Green, Pokemon Fire Red, Pokemon Sapphire. Oh, you're all in, baby. Pokemon all Ruby. Pokemon. Yeah, I got all the Pokemons. I got Super Mario World Advance 2 right here. Like, I'm, I'm getting them all. I want them all. So, What are you guys doing? I, I kind of jump around. Mm-hmm. When you guys said you guys do your own NFTs, what are you guys minting? And what are you selling? So, so no, we're not really doing our own NFTs, but we do our own NFT content. With understanding that we don't know nothing about the space because we're just now getting like oh, so you're talking about NFTs? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we know a lot about the space, especially with Gary getting super involved. It's like we're doing so much articles and just content and talking to people who's been in the space for seven years already, and it's like so much is it's happening. What are you What are you playing right now? Like this week, what have you been playing? Wow, um, I want to put a new Resident Evil. For sure. I've seen people say it's really scary, so I might play that. Or I might just play some Apex or Valorant, you know, some of those little shooters. But uh What game have you put the most hours into total? Probably GTA to be honest. We're gonna be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Which one? like GTA five for sure. Like Okay. I got the GTA four late, but I still played it. Played it to the point where I was just abusing cheat codes at the end. And GTA five because I feel like it's just like something it's I don't know. I think the hours I put in when I was at school is just so. It's, it's definitely GTA, Fortnite, and yeah, probably Metroid is up there, and Lord of the Rings is probably up there. But it's definitely like GTA and Fortnite where some of the games I put most hours in playing. How good are you at Fortnite? Could you hop on and fuck some kids up? I would fuck them up literally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I make them. I make them quit. And I used to play Fortnite on Xbox. And then I switched the keyboard and mouse, and then I got a PC. And so it's like, I fuck him up. Mm. What do you, you want me to fuck you up with aim assist, or you want me to fuck you up with my, my wrist, my aim, aim? So it's like, I could do both, 100%. And then you're playing a lot of Apex, it sounds like. Yeah. I yeah, don't, people like Apex. Yeah, it's, it's definitely older, underrated, and I'm just trying to... When it first came out, I was like, fuck Apex, because it was just copying what Fortnite was doing already. And then I'm at the point where it's like, uh, I don't know, Apex is just cool. You, you, know, you have your finger to the pulse of sort of the up-and-coming gamer and the, the sort of trends. Do you think this Battle Royale thing is going to stay strong for longer, or uh, is it starting to fizzle out? I think it's going to forever stay strong. I don't feel like, okay. you know, I've been talking to friends and stuff, and I think one of them made a good point where it's like, I think people are tired of playing video games because the way we play video games. I think we're ready for VR. Or if we're not ready for VR, we're ready for a mode, a different way to play video games. and. That's one ideology I have around the whole concept. Like, Interesting. I, like I kind of agree with them. Like, like, yeah, I can see that, right? Like, I have a friend who has a VR. He's been heavy into it. 
But I also believe that VRs have introduced something that people aren't talking about and people really do want, which is a great MMO, open world MMO. SMP, like VR introduced us strongly into SMPs, games like Rust, games like uh, Ark, you know, Minecraft yeah. is a good SMP where we can play with games and survive and stuff like that. But I think what we now really want is an MMO, not RPG, not an MMO RPG, but an MMO that lets us fully customize ourselves and then play the game that they provide. For, like, I think a great MMO is going to shock the world. Like, what was that game that came out? Jinjin Impact. Like, honestly, that was just another Zelda remap reskin. But if they didn't make it an RPG game and more a more of an MMO strictly, it would have been a great game, to be honest. Like, everybody yeah, was Yeah, I was going to say, Genshin. What? So when you're saying an MMO versus an MMORPG, yeah. um, can you define what you mean by like a non-RPG MMO? Like, say I get in a game, they're going to tell me I'm the superhero. Oh, you know what okay. I'm saying? They tell everybody, you're the superhero, you got to save the world. You're the superhero, you got to save the world. No, make it more. And if it does start off that way, don't make the journey, all our journeys, a specific way with the storyline and stuff like that. Like, make it super different. Like, like I don't know, just a strong. Oh, so it's like you actually just make a character, and it's it's, it's unique every time you yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like somebody... a true sandbox. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. So you feel like that's your prediction? Like someone's gonna—that's the next sort of thing that's gonna blow up. Is uh, someone's gonna come out with a? They're gonna hit that sweet spot with an MMO. Yeah, our integration—a game that's very super integrationable, like what Twitch did with that game. Uh, I think yeah. Hyperscape, it died, but like that could have been a good. Imagine an SMP game with Twitch integration, like it, it could have been something, but it, it died. But I think we're in those realms of a little bit. Like I think the future is already here. The future is the past now. So I, I think I think we're just waiting. I don't know. It's weird. If you uh, if Gary View is like, bro, here's thirty million. I need you to make a video game. What would you make? Uh, MMO. <laughs> an MMO. Yes. Yeah. An MMO that's cross-platform, meaning everybody can play it uh, from VR to PC to Xbox to PlayStation to mobile. Like, everyone. And probably, I wouldn't pay not no influencer ever to promote the fucking game. Because I feel like if a game is good enough, the gameplay is going to speak for itself. And I feel like games who do, you know, there's a lot of games, and that's why I feel like games, like Apex fucked up when they did that. Why are you trying to force this narrative that you have a good game? If it's a good game, just let us play the game. The gameplay is going to... If it's a great game, it's going to speak for itself. When Fortnite came out the gates, they didn't pay no, no one to play the game. Fortnite was good because it was new. We kept losing. It was like, damn, what is this? I want to keep playing now. It's like, yeah, make them fall in love. Riot does a good job with it. They're smarter now, though, with it. Like, Valorant, they know what they was doing with Valorant to make it an esports game. They was like, nah, we're just making this a video game for everybody to play. No. You're making a 5v5 tactical, and you're trying to make it into a strong esports. And so, yeah, just, I would probably do a lot with that 30 mil. So if you had the money and you wanted to make an MMO, what, would, uh, what kind of gameplay would you want that MMO to be? Valheim style. Somewhere near there a little bit. I feel like Valheim okay. could have, You know, Valheim is a really a good, good game. game. Yeah, and people yeah, don't, people don't talk about it a lot. I, I think what's unique about Valheim is you don't know shit about shit until you figure out shit. It's like, yeah. when you spawn in, the map is all plain. And the only way you can discover that, that area is if you discovered it in the game a little bit. And they could have done yeah. something cool with streamers where like, a whole bunch of streamers pop in 
and they got to find this chicken, like not a chicken or a golden nugget, golden nugget. And then like get to travel through the seas, the storm and rains, the sea monsters. Like that's it. I would kind of symbolize it a little bit with that. That's what, that was a great so thing. You want, you want an, an MMO that's like a truly sandbox, not like some pre made yeah. story where you're the hero saving the world from the evil sorcerer or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And you want a little bit of that survival, gather, yeah. exploration, base building. Um, but when you say no RPG, like, would you want no leveling and no, like, upgrade system? Like, you, yep. would you want all that stuff? you seen Sword Arts Online? The, uh, Which one? Sword Art, Arts Online. Oh, I've never played it, but I've watched the, the anime, anime? Like the first season. Yes. Yeah, yeah. First season's the best season. A game kind of like that, where it's like, mm. you know... You can ready player one two style just a little bit like a, a game like that would shock the world and I don't think we're I think we're ready for it I don't I think they're just holding it back from us but I definitely think that we can we can have that now I don't know so and if you were in charge and Gary V want give you the money who what studio Ooh. would you go to to hire to help you make this game who would you choose Did you could pick yeah. anyone to make this game who would you pick damn. That's a great question, because a lot of these studios, you know, I'm not going to bash any studio, but um, I would probably have, this is probably going to, a lot of people going to like this, but Epic Games is going to be the people behind this game. They're, they know Metaverse the best. Now, mm. I feel like, you know, Tencent owns Riot Games, and they both they are in Epic Games, but I feel like the difference between Riot Games and Epic Games is Riot Games focuses on esports they have strong esports games like league of legends great esports valorant is yeah. going to be a great esports epic games understands culture of the gaming realm fortnite is going to be a metaverse fortnite is nothing much it's an hd roblox that's all fortnite is becoming right now for me like it's a hd roblox and so i would have them produce that game for me not cartoonish though it more be like how vaheim is a little bit more realish a little bit. Okay. I, I think these, they can do that. Uh, and then have it in Epic Games Store. I know they're going against Apple right now. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. So. I've seen some headlines. Yeah. So what is that? Oh, do you know? I don't know a ton about that. I know that like Epic, Epic Games paid all this money to have certain exclusives and versions. And then what is the beef they're having with Apple? If you know, let, let us and the listeners know if you're educated on that. I honestly believe it's just who they want ownership of their money. It's the fact that they have to go through Apple. Like, Apple is getting the transit from when people download. Oh, selling on Apple yeah. Store, they're taking a big cut. Yeah. Right. I think what Epic Games kind of wants is they have their own Epic Games, maybe app on the store and in, in the game. Uh, uh, and, and the, I mean, on the phone or something where it's like Apple's not taking a cut from what they're making. Like, I don't know. Because I, I think Epic Games is that's what they want. They want their own stuff. Without having to make their own phone and wooty wooty woot, they yes. want to like yeah know, yeah yeah just put it on the platform. That makes sense. Yeah, they've been going hard on trying to get that compete with Steam. Like they've, uh, I've read a few articles of how much money they've spent for exclusives, and uh, I mean Fortnite is just raking in bu 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 billions, so that they got the cash. Listen, Rocket League too. I wrote a oh yeah Rocket League. They yeah, they, yeah. they 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 acquired Rocket League I think last year or whenever, and that's gonna be it. Like I said, Epic Games focus on video games. Fortnite could have been a great esport. It's still a great esport because if you think about it, most of these esports orgs highest prize pools on most of their prize pools is from Fortnite. Um, mm. 
So I don't want to get too technical. People love to say Fortnite's not an esport because they just don't like the game real. It's the esport. If you're esport orgs, most of their money has came from Fortnite. So in a way, it's an esport. Anywho, Rocket League is going to be Epic's game's strongest esport, I feel. And so, I know, it's going to be very interesting. Like, but that's a game that when I first saw on early access on Steam, I was like, this is the stupidest fucking idea ever. Yeah. And boy, was I wrong. Yeah, it's That weird. game took the world by storm. Yeah. You're talking about uh, Rocket League, right? Rocket League. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, why? I remember seeing like some, because it was getting buzz even in, uh, I think it was greenlit on Steam, mm-hmm. early access for a little bit, if I remember correctly. And it was getting buzz. I remember watching some videos and thinking, why would I want to drive like a, like a, a Hot Wheels car and play soccer as a fucking hot? Like, this is so, yeah. uh, I'm not interested. And then at, fast forward till now, dude, every, I mean, that's. Uh, the game that I'm, if I just meet someone who maybe is not a, into, like you were saying, into video games and the mm-hmm. more nerdy side, people play Rocket League, though. Like, people who aren't into games will sit down imagine, and play Rocket League. Imagine this, too, though. You go to the bar, and League of Legends on the TV. How are you going to explain to them the gameplay that's happening in League of How Legends? How do that? Yeah, You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, what is that? Especially if they don't know nothing about video games. But imagine it's if Rocket... Right. But imagine yeah. if Rocket League is on the TV. You guys are going for a beer. Then, like... Oh man, you see the soccer, but with cars on the TV, it's like super, like it's easy. Yes. You know, it's easy to follow. Like, ball goes in goal. Yeah, but and people get really good at that, right? Yeah. And which the crazy part is, it's not an easy game too. So it's like, it's I don't know, it's cool. It's both, both, it's cool. Yeah, it's that mix of like simple you can follow. It's kind of like fighting, right? And I've noticed yeah. you guys have a lot of UFCs. Like, if you don't know a lot about fighting, you still know like this guy's trying to punch that guy, yeah. and like you you get what's going on, even if you don't see all the depth. Mm-hmm. of the technique that's the same way i know a little bit more about fighting but when i watch people play rocket league and i'm hearing them call out and i can tell there's like positions yeah. in this try i'm like i don't follow any of like what they're doing other than i know they're trying to put the ball in the goal but uh and i watch these people who are really good play and they'll play in tournaments and and i can see that there's a depth there that if i got into it you can go as deep as you want like yeah. the game goes deep but I still understand the goal. Well, you're right. If you just saw like StarCraft or League of Legends on a yeah. screen, what the fuck? Yeah. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's just gibberish. Yeah, that's a good point. 100%. So, so what do you guys, uh, what's your goal? Like, as far as the video game content goes, like at the end of 2021, how, what would make you feel like 1.37 p.m. is like, we, this, we got to where we want? Like, what's your goals? and where do you want to, how do you want to be viewed like if i were to talk about 137 on another podcast or introduce someone like what are you what is uh what's the image i guess you're trying to create and where you're trying to get right now i want to become as far as in the video game esports world yes you know i want us to be to the point where i can literally tweet out it's apex season and nobody questioned me because they know we're in the know of what the fuck is happening Within the culture, like, like my hypothesis on Rocket League, Rocket League would be a t- top tier esports. Now, if I was to tweet that out right now, I feel like other people would be questioning me because you got CS:GO, you have Valorant, whoop do whoop do, and they probably don't even they've never played Rocket League. But it's it's the fact that it doesn't matter. Rocket League is still going to be a top tier esports. Like my whole spill on like Warzone, right? People don't hate that. They like yeah. Like I I, I it's not that I hate Warzone. I just think it's over. <laughs> it's like overrated, and people don't understand 
they don't understand like the masses versus the the cult type thing. It's like mm. the reason Warzone is so popular is because it's so easy at the same time. And what and it's like they're like, how does that make sense? It's because your favorite basketball player can appeal you on it. Because if he tried to play in Fortnite, he's not gonna play it because he's the type of guy where it's like he's gonna have to build, edit, and do all these things, and he's not, he doesn't have the time for it. All he wants to do is get in, shoot people, and probably win a game or two. And what game applies that? Fucking Warzone. You can't just do that in Apex and Fortnite. Those are games you have to grind. Warzone, yeah. Warzone's a game you probably could win a match in the first ten matches if you're just starting out. So, just want us to be and then people to understand that we actually know what we're talking about because we're in the know. We see it from the outside perspective, looking in. But we're also the people that's in that group. Like we all play video games. I play video games. I play video games more than anybody on the team. I got my friend, my coworker, think he's better than me at video games. <laughs> I gotta, you know, so it's like, so it's like, I definitely gotta, I don't know. I just want people to know that we are in the know, but also build a cool community of people and gamers. That's not like, I want to build a community with rappers who play video games and I have like rapper nights where we're all just like into, I'm interviewing them and we're playing like, I got beat by Zaytoven. You know who Zaytoven is? I was playing Street Fighters with Zaytoven and he whooped my ass. Like, <laughs> like, I just want to, I just want to build, not build, but I want to close in the gap between like just the, the culture and just the new culture, if you will. I think that's a smart move. I, I for one, am like realizing, okay, like video games, the culture is different from when yeah. I grew up. I can, I can see even as uninformed as I am, like video games have reached a new, I mean, they're, I've heard this stat thrown around. I'm assuming it's true that they dwarf movies, TVs, and music, like as far as the amount of money and the economy, they're bigger than all three of those combined. Like video, but they're like media wise, they're still considered like a second tier medium to film. In the, they, even though the numbers, they're the biggest, culturally, like a lot of people put it as like a second tier medium, which is weird. Wait for it. <laughs> Literally wait for it. I don't know if you've seen it. Olympics is going to be coming to Twitch soon, right? I don't think people understand the impact. I don't like to say esports and gaming a lot, but I do say it because it's a general term. Esports and gaming is nothing much but the digital world. That's the digital world. And then in the digital world, there are no rules. It's only the ones we create or we want to have. Play B. And you might say, same thing for real life. No, no. The digital world can triple a tree growth faster than a real tree can grow in real life. Like, and so what I'm saying is basically, if I wanted to sell a product, I am going to go to a Minecraft player more than a Kanye West. Why? Because the Minecraft player can get his tweet to 50k likes within one second. That is ridiculous. So yeah, that's a good point. Like Kanye West may be traditionally a quote bigger Go, influence. Yeah, but he's not really. Yeah, like yeah. The the time of though, I'm not like he's forever a goat and whatever and stuff like that. But it's just the fact that there's a new wave coming, and it's living yes. is living in a different quantum. Like, I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, if a pizza company is doing something bad, the digital world is going to get you trended on Twitter and get your company shut down. Like, and that's dangerous. Like, and so I yeah, don't, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so you're kind of saying like this digital world and this gaming and this ecosystem of, of like the social ecosystem and the actual business ecosystem are so big and they move fast that people are underestimating yes. what's coming. Music yeah. industry needs video games. The movie industry needs video games. You want to know how I know? How many video game adaptations have we had within these last two years? A lot. Why? Because if Apex became an anime and Netflix bought that and made it an original, 
Netflix is getting a lot of customers from esports and gaming. Because yeah. I, I do not, like League of Legends is having an animated series on Netflix coming, I think, next month or this month. Like, you're getting a lot of viewerships and stuff like that. So, like, I think people should understand. Uh, so you're, you're saying you see a trend where the different industries are tapping into video games more. Because we, we, yeah. we can do whatever. You know, yeah. like, there's no restrictions. You can make this video game a soundtrack. Like, imagine if Black Ops 2 was, like, you know the intro for Black Ops 2 and that, like, do you know the, the, the intro? Like, yeah. you can make that a song. Well, it is a song. It's probably a, it's on the soundtrack and everything. But I think it's, they need us in a way more than we kind of need them in a way. Like, that's what I'm just trying to, trying to get at. Yeah, I agree. I think that the, because of just the sheer numbers, the economy when it comes to business and how much money is being made and spent, video games dwarf all these other mediums. Yeah. The, the, the the social media perspective the perspective of the world eventually is going to catch up and that video games are going to become bigger yep. than because they are bigger on paper right now yeah. it just it hasn't like i guess i guess only the thing, culture hasn't caught up maybe the only thing that's holding us back is literally because we had to stay at home because corona is still around and it's not too safe to have land event uh literally there's online events being had with 30,000 50,000 70,000 there's in front, there's gamers who's a, who's getting forty thousand people watching them play a video game, seventy thousand people watching them play a video game. If land events happen soon, you're gonna see the impact. There's gonna be stadiums made just for esports and gaming because they have to be different. We're not just yeah. using the field like football players are using. We're using the seats. We're using internet. We need that five G. If the food is not good, you're gonna be trending on Twitter. Like I said again, like there's just a whole different atmosphere around uh, esports and gaming, and so yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I, that's the sense I get. And it's like, wow, it's changing. And things are like video games are entering a new level. Like they're becoming a new. It's no longer when I was really young coming up, it was kind of like a few things broke in the mainstream, like Mario and Sonic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But really, if you were into gaming, it was sort of niche and it was usually, at the very least, mildly looked down on or outright like you're a nerd. And then I remember Halo kind of bringing like the sphere a little bit bigger yeah seeing people that weren't historically or golden i did it too these multiplayer games um and then yeah i and then i guess world of warcraft back oh, to yeah. mmo that was a big one uh, for me the first one where it was like this is something new was fortnite maybe i'm behind the times but no when i yeah fortnite 100%. just seemed to like break into a new stratosphere for video games yeah and that's all i say like when people <clears throat> they, they don't like when i say but like somebody asked me what was they was in my dm like what is the best br and whatever the case may be and i was like the best br to ever be made was definitely fortnite or at least the most impactful one right because you still got h1z1 yeah. and you got yeah. all these other games that came out way before fortnite PUBG, which is a good uh br but i define the best as the most impactfulness because i don't know I just, if you're not impactful, are you really the best? And so, like, and I, and, I, and I, that's my perception on a lot of things. Like, I'm playing video games. You get the hard carry guys that think they're the big, the big, they can talk to the, to the, the people who's getting, like, one kills as if they're the king because they got more kills. No, bro. You're not being impactful just because you got 20 kills and eight deaths. There's, there's a, yeah. je- like, definitely for Valorant, there's that objective. Plant the bomb and, and get out. Not to get, this isn't team deathmatch. There's a reason there's titles and stuff like that. But, yeah. Fortnite was definitely the most impactful game uh, for like esports and gaming when it comes to the culture and music and yeah. 
What do you think is the most impactful game of all time? Damn, uh, come on, that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I'm asking it. You, uh, I mean, you're the you're the you're this video yeah. game content creator. You're in the know. Like, I want to know what you think. I think I, I'm gonna do this so I can be safe here. And the new gen is definitely games like Black Ops Two, um, Fortnite, um, PUBG. Minecraft, Roblox. Yep. I am gonna say, and the only reason I want to split the two is because I feel like back then games like Need for Speed, Midnight Club, Tekken, Mortal Kombat, all those games had to work together even to get us to like the games we have. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like their the impact, the back to back impacts of just great games being made early on have now led us to like these big titles that are now being made by you know like a Mangas strong game that came out bullying people so it's like yeah yeah i would say i would agree with you that like this this new gen the the reach of fortnite is at like astronomical levels that had never been been done before but i, I think if you went previous gen to your definition of impact um i'm not even a huge fan of mario or i don't play a lot of mario games i agree but mario but i would say impact wise like it's hard to argue against like what is more well known and what has exposed more people to video games than than Mario? Yeah, true. Probably no, before Fortnite. And yeah, po- maybe Pokemon. Pokemon might be up there yeah. as far as like impact. Yeah, because it's a huge phenomena. Yeah. Um, and I, then maybe Halo. Maybe nah, that's like tier two. No, but it's up there definitely. Like it's up there. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Halo. Yeah, Halo definitely. Mario had definitely. Fucking Pokemon for sure. They made a whole ecosystem around Pokemon. So, one hundred percent. This is a question I ask a lot of people. That's kind of. Uh, has there ever been a video game that made you cry? Mass Effect. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what, what part? What part? Uh, I think. I think there's a lot of cinematic effects into Mass Effect, but it was definitely the one where the ending, where everything just blows up. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I'm trying this whole game to stop this. And that make this happen, and everything just, like, blows up. And I just think it was just so beautiful because, like, my choices were in the game. Like, it's like, like, damn, I really tried for this, and, like, I still couldn't be, like, the hero or whatever the case might be. Uh, So it was almost like, yeah, I I see what you're saying. Like, you went for it. It still ended up not working out. It was kind of a sad, beautiful, beautiful disaster, so to speak. And there was a choice in uh, Mass Effect. I don't know if you remember this one specifically. But there is that the uh, the race called the Krogans, like the war, mm-hmm. like the big buff war guys. And they had, I guess, previously before the events of the game, the trilogy take place, they had like almost taken over the whole galaxy. And so yeah. the rest of the the rest of the races did some sort of gene editing where they couldn't reproduce very well. Wow. And you had this option they called the genophage to uh, to to reverse it, to allow this race to start having babies again. Uh-huh. And you have a guy in your team, Rex, who's like one of your homeboys. That's this race, but the other. But if you give them the ability to to have chi- children again, they might kill everyone and take over the whole galaxy because they're this crazy warlike race. And I remember eventually I chose not to. I had to like, even though you're my boy and you've had my back, I can't do it, dude, because all your homies might kill everybody. Yeah. And he was super mad. I, I remember feeling like he was actually my friend, and I let him down. Yeah. Like, damn, dude, I let you down, but I just can't do it. 
Yeah. I can't I can't outweigh all the lives of the galaxy. Yeah. Like it's just one of those they that that series is really good at putting you in these morally gray situations where you're like, dude, I don't know what the right choice is. And then you just know. you're just a good looking guy named Shepard just walking <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah. I love that guy. And it's actually funny because I started off on Mass Effect 2. Because and, and I, I got the game, it was a used game like, that I just brought home. And I was like, what is this? Played it. I was like, bro, what the fuck? I love this. So I had to go back and play Mass Effect 1. And then the new one that came out, what is it? Antrology or something like that? Played that Andromeda. one. Andromeda. Yeah, yeah. Played that one. So now we're just waiting for that that new one that's coming out, I think, this the year. The Legendary Edition. Yeah. I've, I've heard that it's uh, the best way. A lot of people like Mass Effect 1 the most for story lore, mm-hmm. but it's the most clunky and like buggy vert game out of the three. Yeah. So a lot of people are excited to replay it with all the, the modern improvements. And that's I'm yeah, that's day one for me. I think it comes out the fourteenth. I think we're a week away. Yeah, it's either the fourteenth or fifteenth. I think so too. Crazy part is, is oh, I got a two forty hertz monitor. That's all I say. This game is gonna look so beautiful on my and like in front of my face. Like I can't wait to play it. What uh, what GPU do you have in your PC? Um, I think I have a twenty sixty or a twenty ninety. I'm not too that's sure. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, you know. I just barely. I had a twenty eighty Ti for a long time. And I just barely upgraded like last week yeah uh, cyberpunk i know a lot of people had issues with that but it was like it looked pretty cool on my game on my, my yeah computer. i uh i played it i day one for me okay. i had i i beat it and i had two bugs i saw a floating car once <laughs> and i had one crash at the final boss and that was it the game was cool though yeah the game was it wasn't I had a lot of hype for that game. It's yeah. hard to live up to how much hype I had because I was a big fan of The Witcher 3. I followed Cyberpunk from the the, the very first 2013 announcement. They had that pre-rendered mm-hmm. video of the girl with the scissor arms. Um, it's a long time to wait for a game. So I've actually been I disappointed. I was going to say I've actually been disappointed by the two games that I was wanting to play a lot last year was Cyberpunk and then the other one with the hacking. Yeah, I hate the game now so bad, but it was like where you hack things and stuff like that. Watch, Watch Dog. Yeah, like the yeah, new yeah. Watch Dog. I didn't even like that one that much. I was like, yo, what is this? So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. What game have you been most disappointed by? Like you were ultra hyped and then just like, what the fuck? This sucks. Fall Guys. <laughs> I hate <laughs> Fall Guys. That game was so overhyped. I'm the type of person to let people hype a game up. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm waiting to see. I play Fall Guys. First of all, you gotta pay for Fall Guys. It's not free to play. Most of the new gen best games have been for free. I paid, I think the game was $20 or $10 or $5, whatever it was. And I literally only played one game and I didn't play it again. I'm like, what is the point of I don't not like this? People what about were, it turned you off so quickly? Like, what exactly was it? It's nothing but a rage fest. It's just the game wants me to rage with all these people like affecting the result. Like, no. No, I, I want to show my skill. I want to actually. Oh, so you didn't feel like it was enough based on skill? It was nah, too... RNG. If somebody touches you, you fl- go flying ten kilometers to the left. I was like, nah. And then uh, Among Us came out. I was like, yes, we're gonna play this game. Dude, Among Us is so. Speaking of how video games are, people are sleeping on how culturally impactful video games are becoming. Yeah. Another piece of evidence that I would agree with you is I have a, a four-year-old and a five-year-old. They don't really play games. Like I've tried to, they just, their hands aren't big enough for the controller. I haven't been able to find a game for them yet. They'll yeah. casually, they don't know much about video games, but they came home from school one day and I was like, how was school? And they're like, oh, we were playing Among Us at the playground. And I'm yeah. like, how do you fucking know what Among Us is? You've never yeah. even heard of that. 
And Among Us, which is interesting, Among Us is basically a digitized version of a game that we used to play growing up called Murder in the Dark. Well, you'd like you'd have sleepovers and you would everyone would sit in a circle and one person would be like the leader mm-hmm. and then they would pick someone, everyone close their eyes and say, Murderer, open your eyes, and you would point to two people and then they then you'd close your eyes and then everyone would open their eyes and say, Okay, person A and B are dead. Everyone else has to try to guess and figure out who the murderer wow, is. Wow, that's a cool game actually. <laughs> this is and like so this is a game that's been played in person yeah. for like passed down for generations. And among us who, who went props to the kid who figured it out, but he's like, I'm gonna make it online, I'm gonna take this formula and digitize mm-hmm. it. And then it goes full circle, and now my little kid is playing quote Among Us on the playground, which is the same Did- game I played growing up, but now they're calling it Among Us mm-hmm. instead of Murder in the Dark. And it's like I just it made this moment. I'm like, holy shit! My five year old kind of knows what Among Us is, but not really. Not the game. She knows yeah. Among Us because Among Us has transcended culture, and now it's moving outside of the game. Yeah. And kids are playing it on playgrounds. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I think it just goes to show you that we're in a new, new world. This is the new yeah. world order for sure. Like the <laughs> fact that they're playing this digitally, bro. You think esports is popping now? Wait till this 13-year-old crack who's cracked at Valorant or CSGO comes out the gate because he's been playing it from the womb. We just from like three, five years old. Right. Yeah, yeah. We just started playing games or taking them more seriously on a skill level at an age of like 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, 19, 20, whatever the case may be. But this new gen, like even after me, yo, we're about to see some high-level gameplay action across the board. In the next five years, what do you think is going to be the biggest esports game? Mm. overall Valorant is going to definitely be Valorant. one I feel Rocket League for sure um, Call of Duty maybe Starcraft for sure uh, I think League of Legends they're doing a good job but we'll see I think Riot Games is making some more games uh, but definitely those games I listed so uh, Rocket League Valorant uh, and maybe Call of Duty I feel like Call of Duty is maybe a B tier or D tier esport if you will uh, yeah, the ones that's already popping, of course, they're gonna be, they might be popping. But I want to get the underdog games like Rocket League and Valorant and those. I feel like they're gonna be here five years from now. Hi, have you uh, played with any of other? I know you talked about League of Legends. Have you tried any other MOBAs? MOBAs. Like no. uh, I got really into Smite for a while, which is like a League of Legends sort of knockoff, but it's third person. Yeah, Smite just a little bit because I think I had it on PlayStation, not PlayStation. Yes, I think there's a PS4 version now. I believe. Yeah, so I think it was Smite and maybe a little bit of Dota. Yeah, a little bit of Dota, a little bit. So Only because CDM was playing it. What is a? Uh, I guess probably the last question. We're about time to wrap up. I'm trying to think of because uh, I already asked you a lot of the big ones. What is? <coughs> What game are you most hyped about that's not out yet? What do you, for like maybe this year, maybe even the next five years, like what is the thing that you are most hyped about coming out? I mean, game that I know is coming out, Mass Effect. But then there's also a new game, MMO, that Riot Games is developing. I forgot the name of it. Uh, Hytale. It's coming out. I'm excited Hytale. for that. Yeah. I want to see. I've never heard of this. Let me look it up. My, it's called Hytale? Hytale, yeah. My friend's been hyping it. And so we're going to see. We're gonna, I mean, Riot Games is smart. It's, it's basically like Minecraft, I've been told. So. Interesting. Yeah, it does look like Minecraft. It's, it's going to be interesting how Riot Games takes I, the formula. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like what they did with CSGO was they're like, I bet we can make a better game than CSGO. 
They made Valorant. They were like, hmm, I think we can be- make a better game than World of Craft. And Hytale might be that. So, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited about those two games. Uh, for sure. All right. And the, uh, ah, the ah, last ah. question. GTA 6. GTA 6. That oh, game, too. GTA is, 6. I mean... We know it's coming, but yeah. it's not been officially yeah. announced in any capacity, right? Or has it? Leaks of it might have been already done because they're hiring a whole bunch of test uh, game testers. But we'll see. Oh, so if they're if they're uh, already game testing, it means they might be pretty far along in yeah. production, All right? So never know. I mean, it's been a lot of years, so I guess. It's, I mean. I saw I saw a meme. Maybe it was on your page when I was uh, researching for this, this preparing for this episode. Mm-hmm. I think I did see it on your page. It was a meme where it was uh, the PS2 had three GTAs. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. G- and GTA Five had three Playstations. Yeah, it's like, bro, it's like, come on, what can we? And I think GTA Six is going to be a very impactful game, like beyond definitely beyond definitely. the world. Ever I mean, GTA aside from aside from Fortnite. I I have a suspicion GTA Online makes the most money or has made the most money. Have you seen the new one RP? The new mode they've been playing a lot GTA RP. Uh uh-uh, uh no. It's where you can really like mod the world, and and you know make it kind of kind of your own. Yeah. So I think if GTA Six they're smart, they're going to implement a, something that GTA RP has been doing for a while. I've never even heard of this. You're giving me all sorts of cool shit to check out. Nice. Yeah. That's what I was hoping for. Modern um, are the cool people. That's your job, dude. I mean, that literally is your job. <laughs> yeah. That is your job 100%. to be in the know with video games. And speaking of, we'll wrap it up. Let people know uh, where they can access 137, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and where they can access you personally. And I'll put yeah. all this stuff in the podcast description as well. Got you. Yeah, so if, if you get, one, if you got to this part, I love you. We love you. Thank you for listening. Two, if you want to find 137PM, you can look at, uh, us up on your you know, website, 137PM.com, Instagram, 137PM.com. Now, by the way, when I say one, I mean O-N-E, 37PM. Uh, TikTok as well, YouTube as well. Our Twitter is the only thing that's different. So it's the number one, number three, number seven, then the word PM. And then if you want to find your boy, Donnie Boy, as some call me, you can follow me on Twitter at 137Don, so 137Don. Eyes of the Dawn on Instagram, 137Dawn on two, TikTok, and also on YouTube. Guess, guess, Sweet. Guess. And if you're someone like me, myself, who's just getting introduced to 137 as a brand, what in a gaming is maybe like my the biggest thing that you cover that I'm most into? Mm-hmm. I am pretty into, Where would you tell me to start? Where would you tell me to start? I would say follow me on Twitter. And follow me on Twitter. Ah! Follow me you on, heard it from him, <laughs> follow bitches. Me on follow him on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter for sure. I'm gonna keep you hip. I'm uh, listen. Uh, if there's one thing about me is I don't follow the masses. If I see something and I know it's coming, like a lot of people haven't been paying attention to that Amazon Prime new movie called Without Remorse. When that's a that's the start of a Rainbow Six movie series that we're gonna be getting. A lot of people don't know that, so I'm gonna keep you updated on that. Uh, Pay attention to things. It is, it is a Tom Clancy yeah like, adaptation. Yeah. 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 So you know, and at the end of the movie, I'm not gonna spoil it, but listen. I got you. Follow me. <laughs> Listen, just follow me. Damn. Well, uh, shout out to Omar for making the connect. He told me that I would have a good time talking to you, and he was right. Yeah. Uh, that's good. For, I like to – I spend a lot of time kind of weaving out on more retro games. It's good for me to talk to someone who's in the know now mm-hmm. and up to date and kind of give me – And it, I'm glad that you sort of gave validity to a hunch 
that I've been feeling like, dude, video games seem to be like reaching some sort of new thing that I don't understand. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what you've been saying. Yeah, 100%. Sweet, dude. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check them out. I put all the, all the links in the podcast description, and I'll do an intro based on that as well. So people, when they start listening, I'll just talk, talk you up, mad shit, make you sound like God's gift to gaming. <laughs> Which is, that's actually one of my favorite part of the podcast. Uh, after we record it, I get to know you. I record the intro based on it, and uh, I, I'm going to have a fun time with yours. I think, I think you're awesome. Uh, you, by the way, anytime you want to come on and talk about something 137, or if you yes. want to share something, just let me know. Um, this, this, for me, is just a hobby. Like I have a lot of freedom. I'm, uh, I didn't get into Gary V. My Omar is, me and Omar have been uh, kind of hustling. Anyway, I found my way into a nice lifestyle where I can do something like this whenever 100%. I want and do a podcast. So it's very casual for me. Uh, anytime you want to come on, promo something, talk about something, you want me to share something, just hit me up. Will do, 100%. Likewise, I'm, I'm, I don't want to self promote anything, but I'm, my season two of my podcast is going to be kicking up. I'm coming up with a guest list. and Oh, I'm going to be. Yeah, what's, uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Give us a spill on your podcast real quick uh, before so we finish. It's inside the screen. Uh, I interview people from CEOs of esports orgs, CEOs of things that's in the esports and gaming industry, to content creators that's in the esports and gaming industry. Uh, and I think season two, what I'm going to switch up is, and what I like to provide with my podcast is a little bit of, you know, everybody can't be an esports pro. That's just how it is. So I bring in these people to give an insight on like what they do and how they did it just so everybody else could be like okay i can come from this kind so of people framework. can see the grit i like i like that's a perfect name inside yeah. the screen by the way that's yeah, a perfect thank you. name thank you nailed you. it yeah who did you come up with that yeah How'd you come up with 100 percent. um i think it just made sense because i wanted the promo to be i wanted the, so actually i wanted the podcast to be where i interviewed them while playing a video game so it's like inside the screen like we're in the screen uh uh-huh. And so, but now it's just like, yeah, inside the screen. My first one. I was, like it. Well, it makes sense because it's like you're illuminating. There's more than just the player yeah. playing the game in this whole thing, this machinery of esports. Right. And you're letting people see what's going on. Well, these are people behind it the organizers, the content creators, 100%. the CEOs. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm going to definitely check that out. In, you heard it here inside the screen. Check them out. All right, everybody. Bye bye.